Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Official pod is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by Jets cornerback DJ Reed. Thanks so much for coming up to the studio. Hey, listen, it has been a long road for you to get to this point in the National Football League. Can we go back to your story coming out of high school and you trying to walk on at Fresno State? We can. <laughs> what do you What do you want to know? So. So take me back to Fresno. Uh, what was the thought process there as far as you starting out and trying to get on that football team? Yeah, so the thought process was I had no offers. <laughs> <laughs> I had no offers out of high school. So it was either go JUCO or go walk on at a Division One. That was my mindset. I didn't want to go to a D2, D3. No, no offense to a D2 or D3. I just felt that. You know, I could play at a D1 and start. That was just my mindset. Right. So that was the decision I made. And at the time, being in high school, I was kind of anti-JUCO. I was like, in my mind, I was like, JUCO is only for, you know, guys that got bad grades or, you know, guys that messed up or whatever the case was. That's just how I was looking at JUCOs. But, yeah, I ended up going to a JUCO anyways. But, yeah, I just thought Fresno State would be, like, the, the best thing to do. And then I, I was convinced that, you know, I'm going to show them what I could do my redshirt year, and then I would get a scholarship because my mom couldn't afford to pay for me to, you know, be at Fresno State for four years. So that's just kind of just how it happened. Uh, redshirted, was doing good, but, uh, you know, I got my spring evaluation, and they pretty much said they just see me as a special teams player. They don't see me playing defense, so had to make that business decision, and that's how I ended up at Cerritos Community College. And, and so you walk away from Fresno. Yeah, and then what's the plan there when you go to Cerritos? Yeah, man, <laughs> these plans is kind of obvious. It was like, okay, so you're gonna go JUCO. I mean, if that doesn't work, then you're gonna you're gonna be working or you're gonna be doing something else. You're not gonna be playing football. So, really, JUCO was the wake up call as far as like you know, if you don't get a scholarship, then you know, real life is gonna have to hit you. Like you're gonna have to you know go get some money, or go do something with your life. So for me, it was either you know you got to get a scholarship. Like, my back was on the wall. I got to get a scholarship, and thankfully I did. Can you talk about that experience at the Cerritos? Weren't you actually living with eight or nine guys at the time? Yeah, man, it was rough, man. It was real, like Sauce says, it was real trenches. It was, it was trenches, man. Like, the living situation was bad. Um, just, yeah, it was, the living situation was bad. I'll just keep it at that. Um, I was sleeping on, like, this fruit time. And would just rotate. Some some days I'll sleep on the floor, 
And, yeah, just with the food situation, like, didn't know some days what I was going to eat. I remember we played Hancock. Um, me and my best friend, Eli, we were both living there. We didn't eat, we didn't eat any food and just played, in, played a game on an empty stomach, and that was my first time I ever did something like that. So, like, yeah, it was just crazy. It was very humbling, and uh, it made me very appreciate, appreciative when I got offered from Kansas State and just, like, the meals that I was able to eat at K-State, it was just stuff I didn't take for granted. So you were literally starving in school. Yeah, it was it was a struggle, man. Like, you know, some days I get have a couple of change, like a little bit of money, eat at Chipotle, then you run out of money and you got to, you know, you got to you got to got to figure it out. Some guys had a uh, you know, some food stamp stuff, so we had like little waffles with peanut butter just to have like some type of protein. Yeah, just just trying to eat whatever, eating scraps. What kept the dream alive at that point, though? Because a lot of people probably would have walked away at that point. Yeah, well, for me, it was, I had nothing to go back to. Like, that's why I keep saying it was kind of just obvious for me because it's like, you know, what you going to do? You're going to go back home and show your, your little brothers that you didn't amount to anything, you didn't do anything. So for me, I was just like, you know, I just got to see it through and I got to just give it 100%. And, you know, as a man, if I give it 100% and I'm not good enough, then I can live with myself. But if I'm not pushing myself to be my best, then I'm going to just have a, a guilty conscience and I don't want to live like that. You, you said you basically had no choices. Yeah. You basically had one choice, continue to go. Did you think that leaving high school and along these stops before you got to Kansas State that you were going to make the NFL? Yeah, man, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I was very confident, like, from a from a little kid, and not just playing football, but playing basketball, too. Like, I really thought I was going to play basketball uh, when I was, you know, going to college. I, I thought I was going to be a hooper. But, uh, you know, I was vertically challenged, so that was a humbling talk that I had with my older brother. And he said, look, man, like, yeah, you can hoop. You know, you're averaging 17 my senior year, eight assists, whatever. But he's like, man, you really, you know, you're really talented in football as far as your athletic ability and what you could do at corner, like you could really, you know, make it to the NFL and then you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to get discredited for your height if you're strapping down people. So that was just the mindset. I listened to him and we made that move from there and went on. So who were your guys growing up as far as hoopers are concerned? As oh, the man. guys that you were drawn to? Man, I love basketball. I still do. But yeah. the guys I used to watch where I was just like, wow, Steve Francis, Stevie uh, Franchise. Yeah, Steve Francis, uh, Monte Ellis, Brandon Roy, Darren Williams, obviously Allen Iverson. I was a point guard, so I used to watch point guards. Um, you know, obviously Curry right now. But, yeah, back then I was a big AI fan. Uh, who else? Um, Baron Davis was nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Very underrated, but nice. Gilbert Arenas, nice. <laughs> Tracy McGrady. I used to love basketball, bro. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I just – I'm a fan of basketball. So you get to the Little Apple. Now you're playing in the Big Apple. But <laughs> what happened in terms of your breakthrough with K-State? Man, so just going through the JUCO experience, really, like I knew once I got back to a D1, I already kind of knew how – going to Fresno State, I already knew how D1s ran their program. So I already knew what to expect with, like, you know, getting ready for winter and all that and just – I already kind of knew what to expect. So going, <laughs> playing for Snyder, first of all, was hard. Yeah. Old school coach, you know, he doesn't believe in injuries. <laughs> you know, grit, grit, grit. He just teaches perseverance, execution, get it done, no excuses. So just 
I really trained the right way before I went there, so I was in incredible shape. And once they seen how hard I worked, it was it was it fit like a glove. Like it just worked for us. It, it definitely did fit like a glove. You got selected in the fifth round by San Francisco when you started your pro career. Did people look at DJ Reed and say, "Well, you're gonna have to make it through special teams and maybe being a nickel"? Yeah, man. Just off my height. Literally, like, I remember the combine. I think it was the Vikings. They was like, you know, you would be our first-round draft pick. I was talking to them. They was like, you will be our first-round draft pick if you was two inches taller, like 5'11". But then they drafted Mike Hughes, who was 5'10". So I'm like, <laughs> he an inch taller than me. I see, like, Denzel Ward, who was a phenomenal player. He's an inch taller than me. Like, I'm with these guys at the combine. They're 5'10". And he's a top-three pick. But you telling me I'm a slot corner because I'm 5'9". Both all are like I was all American and all that, but you know they just categorized me as a slot corner, you know, which is fine. But yeah, so you know when I was in San Fran, they was playing me at nickel and at safety, and then I was doing kick return and punt return. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's Sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Robert Sala, your head coach here, is really hard on himself for what happened to San Francisco because you played under him with the 49ers. What was he like during that time, and how did he envision you? Yeah, man, so Sala, first of all, when he was in San Francisco, he was a great defensive coach. Um, everybody had respect for him. You know, there's some coaches you just have a different level of respect, but uh, the thing that I loved about Sala is he held everybody accountable. Didn't matter who you were, didn't matter if you were Richard Sherman, whoever you are, you know, he would call you out if he seen a mistake and, you know, we would get it corrected. So that's one thing I really respected about Sala when we were in San Francisco. But yeah, like I seen the interviews of him, you know, basically saying, you know, we made a mistake. And, you know, as a man, for a man to say that, you know, you got to give him credit and, you know, you just respect it. Like that, that takes a lot of humility, especially, you know, he doesn't have to say that. You right. know I mean, he's a head coach. But uh, no, I got a lot of love for Sala. How did they use you early? And then you can talk about your injury there in San Francisco that ultimately leads you to being placed on waivers and you get claimed by a division rival in Seattle. Yeah, man, that's that was like the first time I really understood the business side of football. And it's just crazy because, you know, everything happens for you. That's how I look at everything. That's my perspective. So, like, you know, I was going hard that summer getting ready for training camp. I was going hard. Like, that was probably the hardest I trained to get ready for a training camp. And I was that was probably the best in shape I've been. And uh, I was benching, going hard, and I tore my pec, like, and I just heard pop, pop. Like, it sounded like a gunshot. And how much were you, How much were you putting up? It was only like 245. You were saying only like, 245. Only like 245, but it was like five reps. But I did it on the second rep. It was a pop, pop. And luckily I had a spotter, because obviously I couldn't carry it. He, he put it up, and then I looked back at my trainer, and I was like, did you hear that? He was like, yeah. He was like, it was two pops. And once he confirmed it, my pec just got swollen. So I was just like, 
yeah, it hurt, but I was more just disappointed because I was like, dang, like, you know, I really put a lot of work in to get ready for the season. So, yeah, I had to call my agent, tell him what it was. I was like, I think I tore my pec or something, like my, my pec is swollen. Right. But, yeah, just the business side of it, you know, we go back to training camp, you know, <laughs> we call them the Grand Reapers. Somebody I ain't never seen before was like, hey, John Lynch want to talk to you. So I think I was talking to uh, Dante Johnson, and I was like, well, it's been real, bro, because I already knew what time it was, and I already knew that was a possibility because, you know, I wasn't a starter there, so I wasn't – they didn't see me as someone that was going to start. So, I mean, yeah, once I talked to Lynch, he pretty much said, you know, they think I'm not going to be able to play this season because a peck is a, you know, 6- to 12-month recovery. And, yeah, man, they pretty much said, you know, appreciate you. You know, we drafted you. You're a part of the reason why I went to the Super Bowl last year. Right. But, uh, you know, we got to put you on injury reserve for the year. So, you know, talking to my agent, he said, you know, just take this time to heal. You're more than likely not going to get picked up because, you know, you tore your pack. Ironically, the next day he calls me. He's like, you know, we got interest from three teams that are seriously going to pick you up. I'm like, for real? So my mindset kind of changed. Like, okay, I'm going to rehab fast to play. And it was the Bills, it was Seattle, and the Texans. And Seattle was the first to claim me. So he was like, you're a Seattle Seahawk. So, yeah, I talked to Snyder on the on the Seahawks. He was like, are you trying to play this year? I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to do my best to rehab and come back to play. He was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to make a playoff push. So he was thinking maybe he'll get me, you know, later on in the season. But I was able to play like week six, week seven. And one of the first games back, if not. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The first game back was against San Francisco, wasn't it? Yeah, crazy, bro. And you balled out that game. Crazy universe. Yeah. The universe is crazy, yeah. First career interception against my former team. What clicked in Seattle? Because for you – it's always been opportunities. When mm-hmm. you've been given an opportunity, you've succeeded. What clicked under that defense led by Pete Carroll, of course? I think it was a couple things. I think it was a wake-up call as far as, like, when I got released, it was a wake-up call as far as, like, okay, you know, you just got released. So, you know, talking to my agent, you know, I probably wasn't going to play that year. So, for me, it was really like you got to make it shake when you get your next opportunity. And on top of that, I don't know. When I get injured, I really lock in because you're injured. Like, I want to get healthy. 
I have a fear of like when I get injured that I won't be the same. So like I have to really work and rehab deliberately to make sure that I'm healthier or and stronger than I was before. And then also my agent got me a resilience coach. So um, I've always been good like physically and stuff and athletic, but like just my mental, my mental approach to the game was always focused, but um, my resilience coach kind of took me to another level. And just, you know, I started learning like how to meditate and how to control my mind, control my thoughts, to focus on things that are important and not to worry about things that are not important. Little things like that, he got me to focus on what was important. And I feel like with him and the way we like kind of study, study receivers and stuff, that took me to the next level too. And I still use him. Like that's my dog. His name is Matt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, shout out to Matt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say those things and just getting closer to God as well. I'll say all those things. You're two here uh, with the Jets. How important was it for you not only to find a new home and free agency, but actually find this place? Because I was talking to Jeff Albrick about this the other day. He was sitting in the seat that you're in right now. I don't think anybody in the National Football League is surprised by your success, but I think what this move from the West Coast to the East Coast has done, it's opened the eyes to a lot of people maybe outside the league, fans of the league. Uh, You can't sleep on DJ Reed anymore. Yeah, like I be hearing stuff like, oh, he's done it for one year last year. And I was thinking like, I I thought I played better um, my last year in Seattle. You know, honestly. Really? Well, yeah, like with PFF, like my coverage grade, my coverage grade was higher this year here, but like my run grade was way higher in Seattle. So like, yeah, I still feel like I haven't played my best ball. So I mean, I'm excited just as a player, as an individual, but I'm excited too as, you know, as for my team too with our defense, because a lot of guys, you know, last year was their first year. So I feel like it's going to be a a big jump and I'm already excited just with the communication um, just from my safeties. Uh, I love Chuck Clark. He's a great communicator, so it's, it's going to be fun. How much did you enjoy being paired up with Sauce? And the other thing is, how do you guys complement each other? Yeah, man, Sauce is, that's my brother. I mean, yeah, man, I always say, like, the sky isn't the limit for him. Like, he, he's so, like, I, I don't to explain it. Like, he's so good, and it's like he still could get so much better, if that makes sense. You know, just from an athletic standpoint, he could cover everybody. He could cover any receiver from small to big to whatever, sticky in coverage and all that. And he has the right mindset. And I think the thing that separates Sauce is just, like, he's eager to learn, like, every day. Like, he's always trying to learn something new, and he's always trying to add to his game. Like, he's not like, you know, I got it. Like, you know, I had a good year last year. More so, he's, like, focused on this year. Like, last year was last year. Like, I'm focused on this year. Like, let's get it. So, like, he just has a different mindset than, you know, everybody else. So so then let me ask you this about the Cali boy, Aaron Rodgers. Cali boy. um, Can you talk about your relationship with him and how these early interactions have been? Yeah, man, cool dude. Uh, Just talking to him, you know, in the offseason – seeing what's up with him just cool dude man like he's just a cali boy so he just like you know let's just see what's gonna happen you know definitely open to you know you know making that move but we just got to see how the cards lay and then once he came here you know obviously i texted him and just was like man let's go i'm excited and he was excited too he was like i'm excited like 
Like, I'm glad, you know, grateful to do this. Let's do this. So he's just focused. You could just tell um, just the way that, you know, he works out and just the way he trains and just his leadership. He's leading by action. Um, and you could just tell, like, when you talk to him and pull him aside individually, like, he asked me. Our first like our first time seeing each other, he was just like, you know, how's the baby doing? And I didn't tell him about the baby, so clearly he know about the baby somehow. So it was just cool. Like, dang, he really you know that I, was, that I had a newborn baby. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he's just a Cali boy. We be chilling, man. We be vibing. He's really funny, too. Like, the music he be playing in the locker room. And, what kind of music is he playing? Uh, he be playing hip-hop. He yeah? be playing hip-hop. Uh, I mean, not in the locker room, in the weight room. Is he dancing to it? Nah, man. He just he just put it on. Everybody was like, okay, that's what you listen to. <laughs> yeah? Like, respect. Put on some old school rap. Okay. And some new school rap. But, like, you know, it's just funny, though, because, you, you know, you wouldn't expect him to be listening to that. So, like... He be doing like little funny stuff like that, but it's cool. How does he raise the competition on the practice field with you guys? Uh, you better be ready. Like yeah. on defense, if you if you're a corner, you know you're going against AR, so you better make sure you're on your p's and q's. Like it's definitely is gonna tighten you up, and you know you gotta be tight in coverage. You gotta win on the line of scrimmage if you're pressing. You really just gotta know what you're doing out there, cause you know one false move he can exploit you. You played in a Super Bowl before. Yeah. It, what would it mean to you to get a ring and compete for another one? I mean, that's why we train. That's why I work out. That's why I try to be the best version of myself every day because that's ultimately what I want. Um, man, be a Super Bowl champion. It's not just getting there. You know, that's cool. I've done that. But uh, just winning it, holding up the Lombardi, and just being a part of history and sharing it with my teammates, man, and my coaches. And then the fans, that would be everything, man. That's something I visualize and think about and definitely want to do this year. And speaking about being a champion, you just mentioned what Aaron texting you about your daughter. How old is she now? What's yeah. her name? And how has that changed you, having her? Yeah, man. So she's about to be six months. Her name is Kinsley Nicole Reed. And, man, fatherhood is beautiful, bro. Like, it's definitely softened me up. <laughs> definitely didn't know I had that much love to give to somebody, and she could literally do no wrong. Like, her crying, none of it bothers me. It's just beautiful, like, just going skin to skin. We're just laying down and just, like, it's like my lock, like the, the lock in my heart. Like, when she just chest to chest, oh, man, it's just a beautiful feeling. Like, it's indescribable, really, but fatherhood is beautiful, bro, like, I didn't know that I could love someone that much. That's really, yeah, that's that's the real. Lockdown corner is locked down. It's only gonna get better from here. I got a three and a half year old daughter. Oh, that's Girls dope. are the best. They really are. Girl dads, for real. Like, we wanna have a boy next, but if I was to have another girl, I would be grateful. Like, it, it really wouldn't matter. DJ, I appreciate you coming out and catching up. Oh yeah, no problem, appreciate you, bro. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.